The comments, views, and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of Point72 Academy. All information provided herein is for informational purposes only and should not be deemed as a recommendation to buy or sell securities. All investments involve risk, including the loss of principal. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product. Any such offer or solicitation may only be made by means of delivery of an approved confidential offering memorandum. This podcast may not be copied and it may not be distributed or furnished to or used by anyone other than the intended recipient without the express written consent of Point72. There's so many interesting things going on. I think the energy of, of the people in the firm, the dynamism of the people in the firm, it just drives me, you know? I mean, they, you know, get my mind working about things, you know? I mean, the markets are interesting. They're dynamic. It's like a puzzle that you're always trying to figure out every day. That's Steve Cohen, a legendary investor. He founded our firm more than three decades ago and still leads it today. We like talking to people too. And last year, we created a podcast for prospective applicants to the Point72 Academy, our investment analyst training program. We talked to a lot of people and Steve was one of them. This year, we're telling our story to the whole world because we believe great investing talent can come from anywhere. It takes performance, not pedigree, to succeed in this industry. And we've seen talent from all backgrounds join the Academy and succeed as analysts at our firm. We'll make some of those episodes available as this season progresses. But first, we want to help you understand what Point72 Academy is and why a career in finance might be right for you. Hi, I'm Jamie Goodfriend, director of Point72 Academy. Since 2015, we've helped more than 125 recent grads and early career professionals discover an investing career and earn an analyst role with us. We did that through a curriculum of training, coaching, and mentorship that we believe is the best way to teach people to understand the markets and to build fundamental analysis skills that they can apply across their careers. Over the course of this season, we're going to take you into the classroom and introduce you to real investment teams. You'll also hear how people's life experiences have shaped their careers and gives us a valuable diversity of perspectives, backgrounds, and styles. This is a career with limitless opportunity for people with curiosity and drive, but it can also be intimidating, especially for people who are just starting out. I know because I've been in your shoes. I've been a first-year investment banker, a first-year sell-side analyst, and a first-year hedge fund analyst. At times, it was a struggle. This is the program I wish I'd had to help me find footing faster in the most exciting job on earth. Today's big question is, why consider a career in finance? Maybe you're a finance major whose parents worked on Wall Street and learned the ins and outs of the buy side and the sell side at the dinner table. Many of our Point72 Academy alums had personal stock accounts when they were still in high school, but many didn't. About half of Point72 Academy graduates majored in something other than finance, business, or economics. Most weren't dead set on a career in investing. They wanted to understand what finance could offer them. And we get a lot of questions about how a career with us looks different from investment banking or private equity or venture capital or equity research. There are a lot of places a finance career can take you. And we're biased, but we think this is the best one. To help you get a sense of the opportunities within finance, we sat down with Mark Flannery. Mark's been with our firm for over seven years. 
helping to run our long short business and working closely with analysts and portfolio managers across a wide variety of styles and coverage universes. Before that, he spent more than 20 years on the sell side, leading equity research teams at one of the world's largest investment banks. He's built a career on the buy side and on the sell side, and that makes him uniquely suited to help you get a sense of the landscape of careers in finance. Mark, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Jamie. You've held a number of roles at the firm since you joined in 2015. And today, you're head of U.S. Long Short Equity Team's supervision. Can you walk us through your background and career? Sure. I, uh, I grew up in Liverpool, big city in the U.K. I studied modern languages at Oxford University. Um, I decided on my career pretty much last minute joined a bank in the usual recruitment cycle. I then joined the oil and gas team uh, covering Western European companies, mainly because I was the only one on the team who could speak French and Spanish. Um, did some time as a Russian oil and gas analyst. Then I got sent to Hong Kong for a few years, moved to New York, uh, did nine years running the oil and gas team there, and then became uh, the head of equity research at Credit Suisse, which was a job I held till I got here in late 2015. And so you joined in 2015 as a sector executive. What did you do as a sector executive? Sector executive is basically like being the general manager on a sports team. You really have to look after everything. Uh, it's hiring, it's firing. In our case, it's capital allocation, it's development, it's analysts functioning well with the PM. It's really more or less anything you can think of. Uh, the buck stops with general manager. It's interesting that you say that a general manager, somebody so senior, would also be focused on talent development at Point72. How do you intersect with talent development, and why do you think it's so important at this firm? Well, look, I think uh, really we're running a talent business, actually. We're not really running an investment business, don't tell anyone. But uh, without the talent, we can't do the investment. I think a talent development is everything from identification of prospects to recruitment to teaching people and retaining them. I think if we can do all of those better than our competition, we will probably create advantage for ourselves. So I think it's critical. It might be the most important thing we do, actually. The purpose of this episode is to give students a better understanding of the possibilities in a career in finance. That could be a public equities investing role with us, or a career in investment banking, equity research, private equity, or venture capital. Can you just give us a run-through of what each of those industries do and what the work looks like? Sure. Um, so I'll go in order. Long, short, that's what we do. Um, this business is really about generating investment ideas via research into companies and industries. And we combine these ideas into a single portfolio or book. So our business model, uh, which is a business consisting of multiple in individual teams uh, run by a portfolio manager, contrasts with similar looking and similarly founded uh, firms known as single managers, where they will have, as the name suggests, a single portfolio manager supported by multiple uh, multiple sector head type of analysts and other analysts under them. Uh, investment banking, it's more of a transaction-based business model. That's uh, uh, They make their money on fees generated for successfully completing deals. 
between companies. These deals can be mergers. They're two companies join together. Acquisitions, one company buys another. Initial public offerings, a company comes to the stock market for the first time, and so on. So, so investment banking, it's pretty structured and it's fairly hierarchical. The work can be interesting, but it can take a bit of time for an individual to get to be in an impactful position in investment banking. Once you're at the top, it's presumably pretty good, but uh, it's a longer road to get there. Um, equity research, sometimes that's called the sell side. That's my own background. Uh, that consists of doing research into public companies, publishing uh, your conclusions for your clients. Clients are investment firms like ours. The mechanics of the research are actually not substantially different to what we do here. Equity research has a lot of very, very common elements to it, uh, but the uses to which the research uh, uh, is put uh, are very different, the one from the other. Um, private equity is sort of close cousin of investment banking. Uh, the, the work looks similar. The difference is the work is done uh, with the end goal of a deal that's done on or, or you know, by or on behalf of private equity company themselves. Finally, the uh, VC, venture capital. Uh, generally, you should think of it as looking a bit like private equity, but earlier stage, newer companies, smaller bets, a higher failure rate. So you put seven bets out, hopefully two of them will, will pay off because you know four, five, or six of them will not. So slightly different type of workload, a little bit more fragmented than, than uh, private equity, but not substantially different. A common question I sometimes hear from candidates uh, about long short is, you know, they want to get to know the different kinds of long short investing that might exist. And I think it's important for us to talk about how our business model in long short might differ from others. And so how would you characterize our business model uh, in long short at point seventy two? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think of us as being really, we're a research driven business. That's the foundation of everything we do in equity long short is research into companies, into industries, you know, fundamental investigations into the likely trajectory of a company uh, or an industry and us taking a stance on those, as I said, via the investment ideas and ultimately via the portfolio. So, um, you know, in practice, this means using our skills and resources to generate ideas on companies. So I think this is a good time to turn to the career path of the analyst and how Point72 views the development path uh, and support of those analysts. Perhaps we could start with the Academy. So how do you feel the Academy fits into the picture of developing long-short analysts? The Academy is a great uh, opportunity for people from diverse backgrounds, I'm, from, I'm not from a traditional finance background myself, for example, uh, to come together and learn a set of common skills, have a set of common experiences, uh, get to know each other, frankly, uh, before they head off into uh, the actual teams where the, where the real work is done. So it's a great, it's a level setter. Some people will be leveled up. Some people will be, you know, get a little deeper in stuff they already know. Um, and then hopefully everybody's ready uh, for the seat when uh, when they get it. The Academy does source from a diverse set of backgrounds. You didn't come from a finance background, neither did I. Um, what attracts people, do you think, to a career in finance overall? Uh, some people, I think, are attracted by maybe the fast pace of this. Uh, it's very hard to get bored 
in finance. Uh, if you're bored, you're not doing it right, I think. Um, this is really a, a business where you have to keep learning and you have to keep developing yourself from the day you start at the firm to the day you retire. You'll hear Steve talk about this. You'll hear other members of the management team talk about this. It's critical. Uh, and that's attractive for some people. And I think the firm does support and enable people's learning uh, journeys, if you want, uh, at the place. I think it's important that we talk about what attracts people to Point72. But also on the other side, what do we feel makes candidates suitable for the role? And so in your opinion, you've met lots of candidates yourself. What do you find makes people suited to a business like ours? Another tough question, I think, because there are a number of ways of being successful at this business. So it's not really a one-size-fits-all model. Uh, we're not looking for automatons or robots. Uh, and you can, you can have a series of skills and attributes which are differently configured to the person sitting next to you and still be successful. That said, I think there are some places that you have to start. You need to be disciplined. You need to be smart. You need to be hardworking. Uh, these are all necessary conditions before we can even get onto the other things. Apart from that, though, I think in our line of work, long, short equity, you do need an inquiring mind. You need to have like a passion to get to the answers. You need to be prone to digging down one more layer. You need to be that person who is annoying and will, you know, skip dinner to read the the ten Q notes. So, passion for the job is a uh, is, is probably something that we really you know we really can't screen for actually but if you have it you know it going back to your own career path at point 72 and the role that you have now you know we we talked a little bit about how you intersect with professional development and i personally feel like you are very connected to that set of responsibilities and functions I'd be curious to get your view on how we support investment professionals in their roles as they continue to develop. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with the academy, as you mentioned, uh, and we've talked a little bit about that. But once uh, people are out of the academy or people sometimes being recruited laterally, we have this thing called Point72 University, whereby we're trying to impart to our analysts at the right stage of their career, the things that we know need to be onboarded uh, and basically learned. Uh, so that's one way of doing it. As, as people become a little bit more advanced in their analyst career, we also have one-on-one -on -one performance uh, coaching by former portfolio managers, generally working on specific uh, issues where um, the analyst or the portfolio manager has identified uh, the need to get better. Then later on, we have a program called Point72 Launchpoint, which takes more experienced analysts and prepares them for the jump to being portfolio managers. So as well as the structured learning programs, uh, we should be clear that much of the learning happens on the team. An analyst will learn most of what he or she needs to know from the portfolio manager, from frequent interactions and close interactions with that PM. These are mostly small teams. Uh, we'll also learn from his or her peers on the team, depending on uh, where they sit in the stack uh, in terms of experience. Uh, most of the learning, in fact, I think will happen on the team. And, and we help to supplement that with some of our other efforts. And then, frankly, uh, my job every day is supporting uh, and the development of existing portfolio managers. That's partly what I'm doing. Me and my team are looking 
constantly for areas that portfolio managers uh, can and should improve on uh, and get better at. We're all doing it all the time. Everyone has to get better. As I said before, this is a development culture uh, at Point72 for everybody. And it's interesting, even as a new analyst here, you could quite quickly find yourself in front of Steve or in front of Harry, the co-CIO, or in front of any member of the senior management team, talking to them, pitching a stock, generally having a discussion. Um, that's a, uh, we, we want to try and get to know people. And that includes uh, Steve wants to get to know people from early on. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great having you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Mark Flannery is the head of U.S. Long Short Equity Team's supervision. I hope you've enjoyed his overview of the opportunities that a career in finance provides, Point72's focus on development, and how the Academy is a vital part of our talent business. He also talked about how this is a career for people with both passion and discipline, and how he didn't exactly know what he wanted to do when starting out. We wanted to go one layer deeper on his passions and how he found his career path after university. Well, when I was very young, I spent some time planning on becoming the Pope. That seemed like a pretty cool job at the time. That didn't last. And in fact, the time I started to realize that I wasn't going to be the Pope was the time I met the Pope uh, and sang for him. And uh, one thing that the church gave me was a great appreciation of music and its role in the world. And also, frankly, a great appreciation for discipline. Later on, I shifted over to thinking about becoming a professional musician, which is something I thought I was going to do until quite late in my teenage years. Looking back on it, it seems like an awful lot of work. But uh, during those years, it never really felt like much of a burden. And I think that's an important life lesson in that if you're doing an awful lot of something, but you really enjoy that thing, it's not necessarily uh, an imposition on you uh, in the same way that uh, being stuck doing you know, a job that you don't like can get very old very quickly. I did not go to Oxford to study music. At around 17 or 18 years old, you start to understand really what is necessary to become a very highly successful classical musician, and the odds of success are vanishingly small. When you figure that out, sometimes it's better to pick up another skill and maybe run with that way of approaching a career. When it came to thinking about my career in university, it was pretty messy process. I was considering this and then another thing, and then could I go back to music maybe? And so I really didn't have a well-defined path. We didn't have so many internships or things like that in the UK at that period. And so the chance to actually experience businesses from the inside was very limited. So ultimately, I did what I think a lot of people did at the end of their, towards the end of their undergraduate, which is I took a guess. Strangely, it worked out pretty well. I figured out soon after arriving at my first job, which is in equity research at a, at a bank in the UK, I figured out that this was going to be pretty interesting. I felt like my head was configured the right way. I liked solving the problems. I liked finding the answers. And, uh, and so, you know, it was a, a little bit of a random choice, but it worked out uh, very well for me personally. I did have one job before I started at the bank between university and, uh, and the bank, and that was I worked at the uh, Olympic Games in Barcelona. I was helping out in the hospitality village where the big sponsors of the games had their pavilions. Uh, 
it was an absolutely incredible experience. I met people literally from all over the world and really helped me think about how the apparent differences between people are very shallow. Most of the big ideas are universal. Most people are dramatically more similar to each other than they are different. And I think that was an important life lesson for me. So I am now, believe it or not, in my 30th year on Wall Street. I think the first year, certainly of what I was doing, I felt, felt like a whirlwind of activity, lots of new concepts being hurled at me, lots of demands being made of me, lots of late nights and, and that sort of stuff. And so it wasn't really until my second year that I started to think I was making some sense of, uh, of the chaos, bringing some order to the chaos. And every year after that, you gain a little bit more mastery. If I look back at my career, it looks like it has a natural arc to it. And really, at the beginning of my career, none of that was true at all. I didn't really know what was going to happen next. So I think when you're 21, 22, 23, and you're just starting off, I don't think it's supposed to look that clear. It takes a while to get on top of these careers, particularly these uh, IP or Wall Street type of careers, which can be pretty intense. What brought me to the buy side was really a curiosity about what it was really like, having worked for many, many years very closely with people at Point72 and other such institutions, um, I really had this insatiable curiosity to figure out, like, is it really as I imagine it to be uh, over there? And uh, it has generally exceeded my expectations. One is the intellectual rigor of our people is extremely high. I always say that, frankly, if you're going to be great, you need to go somewhere and work, work with great people. And uh, we have great people. I think it's actually the people who've been the biggest upside surprise at the firm. And the, the rest of it's great. The resources are fantastic. But ultimately, I think it's the people that make the difference. When you hear that Mark spent more than 20 years at one firm, you might think this was all planned out. But as you heard, it just wasn't the case. You can't plan your whole career in one go. You have to focus on finding problems to solve that are interesting to you and doing the work to build new skills and take on bigger challenges. That's what we teach you in the Point72 Academy, that the critical thinking skills and ability to take a new lens to an existing problem are among the most valuable tools you can have. Those skills will carry you through your whole career as an Academy associate, as an analyst, maybe even as a portfolio manager. To talk a little bit more about that career-long growth, we invited a portfolio manager and an analyst to speak with us about their career development, the skills that matter, and what makes people successful in a finance career. My name is John Thompson. I'm a portfolio manager, and I've been at the firm since 2010. My name is Corey Bunce, and I'm an analyst on John Thompson's tech team at Point72. I would describe John as a player coach uh, who loves the research process. I think he would tell you that's one of his favorite parts of the job. He leads by example, is quick to give praise when something goes right, and happy to share blame when it doesn't. He's an all-around good person, and I enjoy working for and with him. Corey's deeply analytical. Uh, he can synthesize fast-moving inputs really quickly um, with a lot of accuracy. Uh, his models and estimates are always thoughtful and often differentiated. He's a dream to work with. Uh, I've worked with a lot of people in the industry over the years, and I, I think holistically, Point72 has the best and the brightest, but I've been particularly uh, impressed with, with Corey's arc. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun to work with him and watch him mature. So I graduated from the University of Florida in 2017 with my bachelor's and master's in finance through combined degree program they offer. Uh, 
From there, I moved to New York to begin uh, my career in investment banking at Jefferies, where I was a part of the restructuring team. Uh, I was learning a lot in my role, but I ultimately knew I wanted to be in an investing role long term. And a lot of the work I was doing was pretty far removed from that. I ended up attending a networking event Point72 was hosting to familiarize potential candidates with the academy. Uh, I did my research and I found it to be a really unique and compelling opportunity. You're effectively getting paid to learn from the best in the industry with an inside track landing in a coveted seat. The firm has a vested interest in, in your success. I started off investment banking. Uh, this was before there was even an academy. Uh, so I had to go the old school route, you know, doing a little bit of time at a bank. But I you know, ultimately knew that I wanted to be an investor. When I was, I was younger, I actually you know, attempted to trade uh, stocks when I was in high school. I, I was terrible at it. Uh, so I knew I needed uh, actual training. I really like the idea of making decisions and having feedback on those decisions relatively quickly. Even when I was in banking, you'd work on these projects that would take a really long time and you wouldn't know if you were right or wrong also for an even longer time. That world moves really, really slow, uh, almost frustratingly slow. Uh, whereas here, um, almost frustratingly too fast. News comes at you fast and you have to read and react. I've always enjoyed that. So I was drawn to the public markets at a relatively young age as well. The concept of compound interest actually initially fascinated me because uh, I was very young and I knew I had a long investment time horizon that I could use to my advantage. I learned more about individual stock selection at uh, the University of Florida as part of their student investment fund. I was not good, um, so I knew I had more to learn, but that kind of put me on the public equity track. And then in terms of why long short, I think it suits me well. I consider myself uh, a natural skeptic, and I also feel like it's a great model for leveraging deep research and industry expertise. What's great about this uh, firm is that you learn investment process from, from a team. I found that when I was an analyst, I was a lot more aggressive. At the time, the risk uh, management of the team fell on the portfolio manager. And so they encouraged me to be just pure ideas. And um, that was a lot of fun. And so I think, you know, one of my drawbacks is I can be too passionate about my ideas. And so, you know, rushing into my boss's office with an idea, I still have that same passion and, and wanting to put that idea on. But then there's another part of me, which is just the job where you have to, you know, take a step back and think a little bit more, hey, how does this fit into portfolio construction? I guess the benefit of being investment banking, then being in the academy, and then uh, joining the platform, which I think was great because uh, I think the academy pro provides a great bridge. In investment banking, you learn a lot uh, just by being in the room. But you know, a lot of the higher level thinking is done at levels kind of above your pay grade. Just it's a bit more hierarchical. And hedge funds are, are kind of the opposite. It's more flat and good ideas can come from anywhere. And then the academy helps you refine that into, you know, developing those variant views. If I went straight from investment banking onto the platform, I think I would have had a steeper learning curve. And I don't think, you know, a couple more years in investment banking would have would have made that learning curve any less less steep. I didn't go through the academy. I think on my first day, one of the guys used to call me Romaine because I was I was so green. Um, and I showed up in a uh, a, uh, a tie and a blazer and I got laughed at my first day. So it's kind of like when you're doing banking, you think about the world, uh, everything's so rigid. Stuff doesn't change that quickly or, you know, everyone looks at the world the same way. But gosh, it was just, it was really motivating to see how markets really work and, you know, really discover that having a differentiated view and watching that play out, you know, hey, there is a white space here. This is not as rigid as, as banking was. And that's hyper motivating because if you work harder than the next guy or gal, that white space exists 
for you? The firm has an immense amount of resources. I think they do a great job of continually innovating on those resources, making them available. Being a part of the academy is not clicky. Like you have that alumni base to tap into and you went through a lot of the same experiences. So you have a way of relating to a lot of analysts on the platform across all different sectors, different levels of experience. So the alumni base has really grown and it's a real asset. You know, what's amazing about this place is that Steve is still sitting there every day in the trenches trading with all of us. And I mean, I can't think of a more motivating leader than someone who's, you know, a practitioner right there, right there with you. And Harry, our CIO, you know, he used to be a uh, portfolio manager here at the firm. I have learned a tremendous amount from him. And so for having people that, you know, you think super highly of that have navigated all sorts of environments, to have them take you under their wing and, and teach you a thing or two. That's been great. So I was I was big into sports growing up, team sports, and the business feels a lot like a continuation of that. Granted you're sitting at a desk, but you know, you're competing against yourself, you know, hundreds, thousands of other investors, uh, and you're doing it alongside some some great teammates. So, you know, it's easy to get up in the morning and um, I'm excited every day. That was John Thompson and Corey Bunce talking about transitioning from investment banking to a long, short career, and what it's like to sit on an investing team at our firm. I'm Jamie Goodfriend, and this is Inside Point72 Academy, a guide to becoming a hedge fund analyst, season two. Listen to our entire series to hear from portfolio managers, analysts on the ins and outs of this industry, and learn how you can become a part of it. Visit our website at point72.com forward slash academy to learn more about how we are training the next generation of investors. Thanks for listening.